You are now tuned in to the World Class Hoops Podcast. And now, here's your host, Chris Rouse. What's good, everyone? Positive energy to you all, and welcome in to another edition of the World Class Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rouse, coming to you from my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. And uh, actually, let me just say welcome back. Actually, it's definitely been a long time since I've uh, created content for the World Class Hoops Podcast. A lot of different scheduling changes and also uh, reacting to the COVID-19 pandemic, trying to readjust after a year like no other in 2020. But happy to be back on the mic making World Class Hoops podcast content here with uh, pretty much just my thoughts on the 2021 NBA awards. Uh, The NBA season has come to a close. It is actually about the clock is about to strike midnight here in Chicago. And the NBA season has finished with the uh, Utah Jazz with the best record in the league. They will be the top seed in the playoffs. But uh, I'll, I'll get more into the playoffs, into my playoff preview later, at a later date. But tonight, I just wanted to give my thoughts on the uh, NBA awards. Because this this is something that, I, that I've actually been tracking all season long. So I kind of, like all season long, I've kind of like had an idea of who... Like I've kind of had like my own tracker of who are my, who are my candidates, who kind of like who would be my my three finalists, and then who would I pick, in the, and then who would be like guys that I think are in the running, and pretty much who would be my winner for the award. And I just kind of want to give my thoughts on the awards, just something, you know, something to put, just to get some content up once again for the podcast since it's been so long, and also to kind of, you know, just to kind of keep, the, you know, trying to keep the movement moving, so to speak, because I mean I plan on dropping more content as we move forward. And so I just kind of want to give my thoughts on the 2021 NBA Awards. You remember, you can follow the show, the World Class Hoops Podcast, on Facebook at World Class Hoops Podcast. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter at WCHP Media. And you can catch the show on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. And now let's, I mean, let's get into it, man. <laughs> let's get into it here. I, I'm acting like I'm acting like I'm new here. I mean, it's not like I'm still. It's not. It's not like I don't still work in media. It's just it's been a while since I've done a podcast. So bear with me. We've done a solo podcast. So bear with me here. But anyway, let's start with the 2021 NBA possible NBA Most Improved Player of the Year award, and. Right now, I would go with Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle of the New York Knicks should be the most improved player of the year. And it's actually interesting to me that now I say Julius Randle because for much of the season, I was saying Jeremy Grant. I thought, okay, Julius Randle made the all-star team. Maybe maybe Jeremy Grant will win most improved. And then I thought, and, and, and honestly, I kind of thought about last year for where the most improved player was uh, Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans. When I personally thought most improved in the numerical sense probably should have been Devontae Graham of the Charlotte Hornets. And once again, arguably it could be Jeremy Grant for Detroit. If you talk, if you're talking in numerical sense, but here's what swung it for me in favor of Julius Grant. Julius Randle. Julius Randle has six triple doubles on the season. 
But the stretch that really swung, really swung my momentum in favor of Julius Randle was that stretch where right, like right before the Knicks had the winning streak, I think he had about three, three or four triple doubles, probably in like a two week span. It was, it was, it was either two weeks, two or three weeks, where he had about four triple doubles, and then right after that, the Knicks went on, went on their win streak that they had at the. That they had throughout April. I want to say it was about eight or nine games. I can't remember if it was eight or nine games exactly. And off the head right now. But but Julius Randle had a stretch. From. I want to say early March. Up until up until April. Where I thought okay. Julius Randle is the most improved player. I thought he. I thought he really showed that. He could lead a New York Knicks team. He could be the lead dog on the team this season. And he made it. He made an All Star appearance, his first All Star appearance this year. So, from my, in my opinion, I think Julius Randle is the most improved player. Like I said, uh, Jeremy Grant was someone I thought that also could be could be in the running. And Christian Wood of the Houston Rockets was in the uh, running for me as well early on, prior to uh, prior to his ankle injury that he suffered in a game against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. NBA Coach of the Year and uh, NBA Sixth Man. Uh, honestly, these two kind of run together for me because I feel like one is consequ- one kind of helps the other this season because we think about the 2021 NBA season where you know with players being out due to COVID nineteen, and then on top of that, all of the injuries that we've had this season. I think Sixth Man of the Year. First, first should go to Jordan Clarkson. I think that should go to Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz, and other players that I think should be in the run. And I do think Derrick Rose. I do think Derrick Rose deserves at least a vote. <laughs> I think. He did. I mean, I mean, he would get a vote mainly just because he's my favorite player. But if I'm being all the way honest, I think Jordan Clarkson has been the Sixth Man of the Year running away, probably since about probably since about January. <laughs> he's been the runaway Sixth Man of the Year. Since the end of probably since about the end of January, I would say Emmanuel quickly. I, I've even thought about him as possibly being a six man of the year candidate, but I just think Jordan Clarkson has been a runaway from him for for him this season. And Derrick Rose, he has had a great stretch, especially during that New York Knicks winning streak, much the same as, as the case was for Julius Randle. But I just thought I just thought Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year all season long. So I, I would go with Jordan Clarkson. For six men of the year. And the reason why I'm tying this to coach of the year. It should be obvious now that I'm going to say I think it's Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz. And the reason why I say Quinn Snyder over maybe say a Tom Thibodeau who also deserves a look. A Doc Rivers from Philadelphia who also deserves a look with the best team in the East. James Borrego with the Charlotte Hornets. There, there are a number of different. I, I, I would say Greg Popovich, he possibly even deserves a look. Monty Williams, you could probably even give him a vote. There are a number of coaches that have done a great job this season. But I would go with I would go with Quinn Snyder. And it's not it's not as it's not really so much as simple as the fact that well yes Utah has the best record in the league going into the playoffs. But also the fact that Utah has maintained that the entire season. Utah was the last team in the league to lose 10 games. 
They've only lost five games at home this. They've only lost five games at home this season, thirty-one and five, and they too, much like the Lakers, much like the Nets, much like the Clippers, who have more been on the low management side of the injury of the injury list, and much like every other team because of what's going on, what's been going on with COVID, and because of the because of the shortened off season. The Utah Jazz also dealt with injuries as Donovan Mitchell has missed time this season. And yet all season long, regardless, they have maintained to be, they've maintained at least first or second throughout the majority of the, throughout the NBA season. And I just think that, and and I just think that in a season like this, in a Western conference, you know, it's always the rough and tumble Western conference where those teams are going to beat each other up, but at the end of the day, it's going to be Lakers-Clippers. And considering what's going on with the Lakers and the Clippers, I mean, I, earlier in the year, I picked Bucks-Clippers to be my finals, to be my finals prediction. But I will say this, considering what's going on with the Lakers, who are also playing off of a shortened offseason after going into the finals, and they too have been dealing with injuries with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. As of late, it's been more load management, but they too have been out with injuries. And then you think about some of the doubts that swirl around the Clippers. What's going to happen with Paul George in the playoffs? The Phoenix Suns, they look convincing this year. Chris Paul, he all he has his play his playoff history hanging over his head. And, the, and I say all of this to bring it back to Quinn Snyder and for why I think he should win coach of the year. Because through it all. I still think this has been the most convincing Utah Jazz team I've seen in a long time. And the reason I say that is because the way Quinn Snyder has taken a lot of the guys on that are reserves on that Utah bench and has turned them into floor spacing three-point shooters. Guys like George Niang, Joe Ingles, who's already been known as one of the top three-point shooters in the league. He's been out there lighting it up. Royce O'Neal, who is a, who is a Swiss Army knife. On that Utah team, one of the more entertaining players to watch because he's either going to give you five points, five rebounds, five assists, five blocks, or five steals. But I'm not saying he'll give it to you all in the same night. He's going to give you one. He's going to give you one where he give you maybe where he give you about eight rebounds, two points, and then it would be about ones across the board. But you're going to get you're going to get five plus in some in some stat out of Royce O'Neal. You have Mike Conley, the veteran point guard. Bojan Bogdanovic, who I thought Utah sorely missed in the playoffs last year when they blew a 3-1 lead against Denver. The way Utah plays through the high pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and then they spaced the floor with the guys I mentioned earlier, like Ingles, Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, George Niang. This has been the most convincing Utah team I've seen in a long time. And the fact that they were able to maintain at least at least one of the top two spots all season long, I think that's an impressive feat. Not not to discount what Tom Thibodeau has done, not to discount what any of the other coaches I named earlier have, have done this season. To me, I just I just will give my my vote would go to Quinn Snyder for Coach of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive player of the year for me, uh, it's pretty much been Ben Simmons all season long for uh, Philadelphia. And um, 
And honestly, I kind of just want to see a perimeter guy win it. <laughs> like personally, I just want to not not only do I just want to see a perimeter guy win it, but I actually really think he has anchored that Philadelphia defense on the perimeter. Not to say he's the only one. I'm just not to say that he's the only guy on that team that can play defense on the perimeter. Because I mean, they have Danny Green and they have Matisse Tybel, and of course you have Joel Embiid who anchors the middle. But Ben Simmons, the way he has just sort of shut players down on the perimeter for for Philadelphia has been solid. The way he can create offense out of defense for a Philadelphia team that could come playoff time could be could be one of those teams that could be in trouble in terms of having to rely on the three ball. When you think about Ben Simmons and his three-point shooting issue, his own three-point shooting issues throughout his career. But his ability to overcome that and find other ways to score, such as turning his defense into offense, using his length on the perimeter, using his long arms to shut down primary ball handlers. I think Ben Simmons has a good look for Defensive Player of the Year. Miles Turner is a guy that I thought also had a case prior to his injuries. And Rudy Gobert, he, he's he been up and down in the Defensive Player of the Year rankings. But ironically, I think um, the game Joel Embiid had against Rudy Gobert kind of like for me, that's kind of the most convincing argument against Rudy Gobert, even though once again, you could say every, with everything I just said about Utah, you have to throw Rudy Gobert and his defense in there as well. But <laughs> I'm just saying in a big game like that, when you had the two top teams in the league, because Philadelphia and Utah at that time, as they are going into the playoffs, had the two best records in the league. And in that game, Joel Embiid had a monster night against Rudy Gobert, so that just that just that's one of those performances that just really kind of stood out against me. That just that just kind of really stood out to me against Rudy Gobert. And I got Ben Simmons for defensive player of the year. I saw Bam Adebayo saying uh he, he defends all five positions. He he should be defensive player of the year. I mean, I can't argue against that. He he is he is a very good defender. I mean, he de- he's a versatile defender. I mean, Personally, I, I I just named who my top three were, but Bam Adebayo was kind of in that 4-5 area, along with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. But uh, I would go with Ben Simmons for Defensive Player of the Year, even though the, I know he's missed some time as well this season. And But but for me, I'm, I'm one of those people, I, I just don't like to penalize guys for injuries, man. It's, it's really tough, especially like if you were have you really were like a runaway, a possible runaway winner of an award, and then you got hurt. And you lost time this season. And it's like, it's really hard to, like, I just really don't want to penalize Ben Simmons for that. And so, I, so I, I'm just going to go with him for Defensive Player of the Year. And speaking of not wanting to penalize guys, I had LaMelo Ball for Rookie of the Year. But I also had Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton from Sacramento. I had him as number two at one point prior to him going down due to injury. And it's interesting because as we as we have reached the end of the NBA season, the 2021 NBA season, I really honestly think we should have co-rookies of the year. Now, I know I just said Tyrese Halliburton, and I, I had LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton as my one and two. But no, but no, it would not be Tyrese Halliburton that I would put in there with LaMelo Ball as the co-rookie of the year. I would go with Anthony Edwards. I, I honestly would like to see co-rookies of the year with LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. 
Because I think LaMelo Ball, when he got hurt, when he had when he had to miss time with his wrist injury, I, I really thought that he was the runaway rookie of the year. Like now, like I said, I had Tyrese Halliburton behind him. And I thought he had a really strong case as well. But what really turned what really turned the corner for Anthony Edwards was what I think right now to be the dunk of the year, the dunk on Yuta Watanabe against the Toronto Raptors. I really thought that turned it around for Anthony Edwards. In my personal opinion, I thought that dunk at least had me, that at least put Anthony Edwards back on the radar for me. <laughs> because to that point in the season, LaMelo Ball was capturing the headlines. Tyrese Halliburton was having some big games. I saw Tyrese Halliburton play against the Bulls firsthand. And I thought I thought he single-handedly won that game for Sacramento with much what I much like what I said about Ben Simmons, his perimeter defense, his ability to change the game by putting pressure on the primary ball handler. And then his ability to hit his corner threes to be in the right spot on floor spacing opportunities. I thought Tyrese Halliburton had some great performances, but after the dunk, what I th- look, I, what I think to be the dunk of the year is the Anthony Edwards dunk on Yuta Watanabe, and behind that would be in number two while I'm here would be Miles Bridges over Clint Capella. <laughs> Miles Bridges took off four feet from the rim and still dunked on one of the top shot blockers in the league. Still, man, but Anthony Edwards literally landed on, <laughs> literally landed on another man. He went up like. He went up high over him, and then the the landing almost kind of like a rocket in reverse, like in it was like a replay of a rocket almost, like blasting off the way he landed on him. That's just what it looked like to me, man. <laughs> and after that, Anthony Edwards was capturing headlines himself. I remember he had a forty two point night one night, one game. He had a forty two point game one night. However you want to say it. But you get the point. But for me, it's just really hard to penalize LaMelo Ball because, like I said, I thought he was the runaway rookie of the year prior to his injury. And it's almost like when he got hurt, Anthony Edwards was... <laughs> it's like Anthony Edwards said, somebody got to win it, man. <laughs> so he kind of stepped up his game. He ended up winning. And now he's ended up... Now, I think he has a solid case for it. For winning it. And so this is one of those years where I actually would like to see co-rookies of the year with Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves and LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets. And so just to recap, most improved, I got Julius Randle of the New York Knicks. Sixth man, I have Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz. Coach of the Year, Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz. Defensive Player, Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers. And Co-Rookies of the Year with Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves and LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets. And last but definitely not least, definitely the most valuable, the most valuable player, the MVP award, the 2021 NBA MVP. And, uh... 
gonna try not to get too long winded because I mean, all season long, man. I, to be all the way honest, all season long, I've had about four or five different MVPs. Honestly, every other week, I feel like I've had a different person as my favorite to be the MVP. I remember at the All Star break, I know I had Joel Embiid. I know at some point early, at about early January, early late January, I had Nikola Jokic. I know there was a stretch where even though the Wizards were losing, I had Bradley Beal. I think about two weeks ago, I had Russell Westbrook, actually. (laughs) I know Damian Lillard was a guy I had in there. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. There have been a number of different players that have had solid cases for MVP. And it's really interesting this year. Because with the play-in games, (laughs) it's it's really hard to gauge success in terms of like playoff seeding because with the play-in game, you never know. Your season could end in one match. You you know, your season could end (laughs) in one game. And the person I think should be MVP is also the scoring champion because Stephen Curry with 31 31.8 points per game has won his second scoring title in his career. He's already he already has two MVPs. And honestly, I think this should be his third one. <laughs> I think he should this should be his third career MVP. And when you look at the stat line Stephen Curry has had this season. I remember there was even there was even a stretch earlier this season where Steph Curry has 62 points, and I even on this very show listed my top three favorite Steph Curry moments in honor of that. And to see Stephen Curry play at such a high level in a season that really could have been lost for the Golden State Warriors when when Klay Thompson went down with another injury in the offseason. After coming back from an ACL, he tore his Achilles. And then when Kelly Oubre went down, and despite Kelly Oubre also earlier in the year having a very dreadful shooting start to the season, I remember I can't remember if it was what the exact number was, but I think it was like he was one for twenty on shots from three point land or something like that. But at the same time, Stephen Curry was still having some of the best games, of, some of the better games of his career, in my opinion. And on top of that, the Golden State Warriors, they clinched the eighth seed earlier today, so they will be going into, they will be in the play-in matchups of the playoffs. But through it all, Stephen Curry has had some amazing performances and also is going to win the scoring title. And he's already won the scoring title. Golden State will go up against the Los Angeles Lakers. And it's interesting because their their season could end in one game. However, if I'm going off my two eyes, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to go against Steph Curry with the season that he had. 
Now, that's not to say that other guys on the Warriors haven't played well. Andrew Wiggins had a big game recently. Michael Motor, former Windy City Bull, all time Windy City Bull, all time leading scorer. I mean, of course, I'm gonna shout out my Windy City allegiances or my Windy, my you know the guys that have come through Windy City. And Stephen Curry this season, through it all, has still had some monster performances. Throughout all the ups and the downs from the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> Stephen Curry has still played well. Now, just to play, I guess, devil's advocate against my own argument, I guess. I could totally understand arguments for all those other guys I named. The one that I think is most likely to probably be heard is probably Nikola Jokic. I really, I seriously think the 2021 NBA MVP comes down to Stephen Curry and Nikola Jokic. And and the reason why I think it comes down to those two, and maybe not an Embiid and a, and a Ben Simmons. Uh, or Joel or to Joel Embiid is because of Ben Simmons what he's done and with the and how Philadelphia also they've had some pretty tough stretches. Chris Paul, I think he's another guy that's worthy of being in the in the mix, considering what's happened with Phoenix. However, it depends on, you know, when it comes down to most valuable. You know, you could do you play do you play the numbers game with Devin Booker or do you play the veteran the the once again kind of the eyeball test with the veteran lock the veteran presence in the locker room and Chris Paul. But at the end of the day, personally I'm going with Steph Curry. However, for Nikola Jokic, he too. Much like how I mentioned Utah, how Quinn Snyder coach could be coach of the year because he had he too had to play had to coach through injuries with Donovan Mitchell being out. Nikola Jokic has has had to play without Jamal Murray, who's been out who's been out with with a torn ACL. And Denver, once again through throughout all of that, has maintained to be one of the top four teams in the Western Conference. So there's a solid argument for Nikola Jokic. As well. There's a solid argument for Chris Paul. There's solid arguments for a lot of other guys. Bradley Beal. I thought Bradley Beal Bradley Beal was the most deserving all-star to me. And I think I've said that on a number of different show appearances I've had. Because of the, the way he was playing early on in the year. Despite the fact the Wizards were, were coming up short almost every night. Had a tough losing streak during some of his better performances. But looking at what Steph Curry has done, much like Nikola Jokic, he they have performed with, at a high level all season long. And Stephen Curry, in a, in a weird, he just continues to add to his legend. Almost, <laughs> it's really weird. He continues to add to his legend. I mean. <laughs> As he he has a huge performance today to help the Warriors clinch the eighth seed in the playoffs. He wins a scoring title. And now, 
We'll find out. We'll find out at a later date. But he also could possibly could possibly be on his way to his third MVP. What a season from Stephen Curry. And I, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't a fan. I mean, it's been it's been a fun trip. I mean, he, I'm one of those people. If my team isn't winning all every year, I don't want to see the same team win. But to watch Golden State and to see Stephen Curry still play at a high level, see Steph Curry still play at a high level, like he did in 2015. Still pretty fun to watch. Still, it's still amazing to watch. Still a fun sight. With that being said, I'm going to wrap this up. It's been fun being back on the mic, man. I'm, I'm happy to bring more World Class Hoops podcast content. Remember, you can follow the show on Facebook at World Class Hoops Podcast. And then on Twitter at WCHP Media. You also can follow me on Twitter at KingRouse21, K-I-N-G-R-O-U-S-E 21. And also on Instagram under the same name. Uh, until next time. Wishing positive energy on you all. Remember, you can catch my catch my other show, Students of the Game, on Twitter at SOTG Chicago and on Twitter at I'm sorry, on Twitter at SOTG Chicago and on Facebook at Students of the Game Chicago. Me and my friends, my good friends, Joseph Gregory and Justin Adams. Also catch the Art of the Science Boxing Podcast. And tomorrow, the Joe with Joe show debuts. I'll be making a guest appearance on there with Joe. Joseph Gregory. That is. And remember, you can catch this show, the World Class Hoops Podcast, and all those other shows on Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube, and where everywhere else podcasts are heard. Once again, until next time, positive energy on you all. It's been fun. You guys have a good one. Be safe out there. It's a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the World Class Hoops Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you may be. That's a wrap!